0: we were worshiping, um, this testimony came back to me that happened to me when I first got saved. I got saved at 38 years old and I was shopping in a mall. My husband, I'm sure, will have a little comment to that one. (laughs) But I was shopping with a girlfriend and I was still in the Catholic church and um, I was downstairs and I went to go up the escalator and all this commotion was going on in the mall. And I saw all this red tape on the floor and there was a a man laying on the floor, and they said, oh, that man is dead. He's been laying there for 15 minutes, no response. And I said, oh, no, to my girlfriend, hold on. She goes, where are you going? I ran over, and I got on my knees, and I remembered watching TBN, and how many of you remember Robert Schombach? Mm -hmm. And he used to always talk about, call that spirit back into the body in the name of Jesus so I had so much faith to believe that God would do it. I ran over on my knees, and I said, I call that spirit back into the body in the name of Jesus. And that body just started shaking, and it came back to life. And you know what? That was little on me, okay? Why not you? All it takes is faith and action. And I had so much faith that was inside of me that I ran over And I prayed for that person. And I remember my girlfriend, who wasn't saved, she said, what the H-E-L-L did you just do? I said, I just prayed for that man. She goes, no, that man just came back to life. What did you do? I said, I prayed for his spirit to come back to his body. She goes, how did you know that? I go, oh, I watched TBN. She goes, what's TBN? What? When I first got saved and God delivered me out of abuse, I had so much faith to believe God for anything. If anything came in front of me, I said, God can do it. The Bible says we're going to do greater works. Why not? And as we were singing that song to them tonight about God doing miracles, it brought it back to me. Why not you? Amen. Do you have the faith? Because if you have the faith, all it takes is action. In the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to let my husband come up, but I just really felt like, why not start off with an awesome testimony of who he is? Amen? Amen. 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 That's
1: awesome. Yes. And uh, even though she's safe, she still likes to shop. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so what I want to talk about, just a couple things. If you want to read about her testimony, it's God, I feel like, Cinderella and... Uh, Uh, how, uh, you know, when she became a born-again Christian spirit-filled, her husband divorced her because he couldn't control her anymore. And uh, my wife had passed away of cancer, and and we met, and it's been heaven ever since. We've had a couple little intense fellowships, but it's been heaven. And uh, you know what I mean. I, I, don't want ever, I don't want to ever say it to people that they think, oh, everything's so wonderful. Maybe I married the wrong person. No, you build love. You know what I'm saying? You make it wonderful. But we, we really have a wonderful life. Then I, and, and uh, also I want to talk about this just for a little bit. I'm going to stop with, da- I'm going to go back with David. But I'm going to be talking tonight uh, some on this, uh, Two Sons and a Father. And uh, this is a book I wrote. It was the second book. But what I find is most Christians are asking Father God or they're asking God for a blessing and he has an inheritance. Until you see God as your father, you'll never ask for the big stuff. You'll ask according to your faith. You'll not ask according to who you are to him. Your faith has limits, but your relationship is flat even. Does that make sense? Yes. And until you really see that, because what most of us believe, we know that God loves us, but he loves T.D. Jake's better. He loves uh, Franklin Graham better. So we know what that means because we all grew up in a dysfunctional world. Whoever gets loved the best, whether it's the parents, the teacher, the coach, the pastor, they get the best and we get the leftovers. I want you to put your hand on your heart and say, he loves me the best. He loves me the best. Now, you don't understand. I mean, he loves me the best. He loves me the best. He loves no, the best. No, okay, I'm just calling you out. He, he loves me the best. What's your name, Harold? Harold do you know he loves me the best. Okay, now, now see the truth is, he loves us the best because he don't know anything less. He's the only father that can love every child the best. So I want you to say this because he loves me the best. He loves I expect the best. I am, for the best. I am asking for the best. I'm going to live in the best. I'm in and, the I'm best. The best. and I'm going to receive the now, best. Now, God and Tom Brady have the same problem of a couple of years ago. He could get it to him, but he didn't have any good receivers. It's not how much can you achieve, it's how much can you receive. We've been the achievers, but we have to learn how to be the receivers. It's sort of an interesting thing. And, and I, I really want to challenge you to think about this. And this is on the parable of the two sons and a father. And uh, it, it, it'll change your life because it changed my life as I wrote it. It's about my life. Uh, I'm gonna, but I want to say this comment. The, the elder son and the prodigal were more alike than different. Both of them wanted fatherless parties. The older one was self-righteous. The younger one was rebellious. Both are really... Are you with me? The elder son had no mercy. The younger son was selfish. Tell me the difference. One's religious. One's hellion. But they're the same spirit manifesting in different areas. Same attitude. Does that make sense to you? So in it, when I write about it, what I'm saying to each of us, all of us carry the prodigal and the elder in us. Don't tell me you're not rebellious. If I tell you what to do, rebellion will rise up out of your little anointed heart. (laughs) You just tell a Christian what to do and you'll see rebellion out of some of the sweetest people. You know, it's when my wife asks me for something, I'm willing and I'm just anointing, but when she tells me to do something, there's something in my flesh that still rises up. How many of you have ever experienced that rising up in your flesh? And uh, it just... Listen, what I'm telling you, your carnal flesh isn't dead, but you're anointed. And how many of you have ever been surprised how carnal you could be in a given moment? Just... I'm telling you, God finds those people just to reveal what part needs to die next. He looks them up, has a, says the right thing. And, and when you start to rise up, and God said, can we talk about that now? And Listen, until he brings it up, you're not responsible. You don't need to be searching. But when he shows you, deal with it and move on. Are you with me? Cut off a half a pound of flesh, feel a little bit more anointed. You prayed it, less of me and more of you. You just didn't know it was going to come in that package. Okay. So what I want to say to you is this, also in this book, is you may get your best robe is not in your closet. It's in your father's closet. And you may get the robe, the ring, and the sandals back. But until you enter your father's celebration, your identity is not restored. We've had the stuff restored. You know that prodigal father was smart enough not to run out with anything. He had to just want the father. He left the stuff back at the house. Are you with me? Sometimes we need to be smart fathers. Don't run out with your kids with everything in hand. Just run out and see if they want you. You'll find out who your sons are or where they're at. Yeah, that's good. Just run out with you. Keep the presents at home. Okay. It's okay, grandparents, you can ruin them. But the parents, you got the tough part. And uh, <laughs> just release you. I want to talk about this, and we're going to get into this. It's quite a bit. Uh, and David perceived he was king. Now, what I want to tell is just say a couple of things, just open up. And it's sort of going to roll as we go into this weekend. But David had the faith to kill Goliath. It takes faith to kill Goliath. Do you know it takes a Goliath to reveal a David? You're not known by what you avoid. You're known by what you overcome. So every time there's a situation in front of you, you know, a lot of people say, well, I want to be a David. Well, do you want to face Goliath? Now you have to understand who Goliath is. If he falls on you and trips, you're crushed. He don't even have to hit you with a sword. If he falls on you, you're wiped out. I, I, I really believe this that when, when, uh, when David went forward to fight Goliath, what did he say to King Saul? He said, I've killed the what? Lion and bear, you know that. So he, he had total confidence to kill Goliath. One of the blessings was he got to marry the king's daughter. Now, how many of you know he was caring to be the next king in his faith, but his identity had not yet arrived? Because when the King Saul said, here, I'm going to give you my wife, Merib. It wasn't, it wasn't Michael, it was Merib, the oldest daughter. In marriage, he said, who am I and who's my family? You know, he never brought up the family when he was facing Goliath. Why? It had to deal with his faith. Marrying the king's daughter was a huge step. He was from Jesse's. They were shepherds. It was a big step. It was not a little step. And he said, who am I? Now he's believing to be the next king. Wouldn't marrying the king's daughter really help? What's he saying? I have faith, I'm gonna be the next king, but I don't feel worthy to marry a king's daughter. We have a problem here, Nassau. We need to adjust. So, what I'm saying to you is this until you can tell me who you are, we'll never know what you can do. Faith is your confidence in God's ability, identity is The confidence you have in what he can do through you. I'm going to say it slower. You may believe, how many of you believe that God can bring peace? That's faith. How many of you believe he can bring peace through you? That's identity. Do you hear the difference? We all know God can bring peace. The question is, who's he going to bring it through? Now, there's certain things you shouldn't sign up for. Some of the greatest worshipers should never have a mic. I knew a guy, he could sing a whole song. He was the greatest worshiper. He could sing a whole song and not hit one note. It was amazing. I grew up Mennonite. We could do four-part harmony with our eyes closed and switch parts. Well, I couldn't, but I, you know what I'm saying. And I, I said, I can't believe it. You sang a whole song and you didn't hit one note. But he was, this is the day, that, not even in rhythm. I loved his worship. But whatever you do, for God's sake, don't give him a mic. Are you with me? So some of you, God didn't give a voice so you wouldn't be confused that you should be on the worship team. He was helping you out. So you can get to your purpose. Now, this is the part I want to say to you. If you don't fulfill your destiny, you hold somebody else's back. I'm not talking about pride. I'm not talking about false humility. How many of you know it's important you're here tonight? But it's not more important that God's here. But if you weren't here, it wouldn't even be important for me to be here. What am I going to do? Preach the, the chairs? Does that make sense? Yes. I want you to say, I play, an part. I play an important part. If you weren't, you'd be dead and in heaven. If you're still alive, that means God has something for you to do. How many of you are glad? Yeah. Now, do, do you realize that God's very comfortable working through imperfect people who love him? There is a place, very perfect, about five miles from here, everybody's six feet under, they're all pointed the same way, nobody makes any trouble. It's called the graveyard, are you with me? But in the imperfect, in the body of Christ, and he's only had one perfect person to work with, and Jesus, but what I want to start out with and talk about a little bit tonight is the convergence of your identity. I'm going to take an example In high school, a baseball player, he could strike everybody out and hit home runs. He's simply that good. In college, he strikes everybody out, and he gets on base almost every time. At a professional level, he strikes everybody out, and he never hits. Hardly ever. They call him the pitcher. See, in high school, he thought he was a home run hitter and a pitcher. But as he got into his expertise... He found out he was a pitcher. Now, there's two things I want to point out to you. Number one, he can't even hit what he throws. Number two, he can't pout on the bench because he can't hit. They don't care if he he strikes out every time at bat as long as everybody strikes out when he pitches. Now, the guy on first base better not strike out He's the guy that can't move that they expect to hit home runs. All he can do is go back and forth, catch the ball, and expect him to put it over the fence. Are you with me? He's the slowest guy on the team. He's the least least ability fielding. It's pitch and catch for him. They pray when it goes toward first base. But he can hit the ball. That's Do you understand? Some of you in baseball don't understand this. But anyway, let me give you another example. I, I just... I want to use Michael Jordan for a minute. How many of you know he loved baseball and basketball? Yeah. Do you know he's not the world's greatest athlete? He was the greatest basketball player. He loved both of the sports, but only basketball loved him. Mm. Now, this is a thing. You might like two different things, but right. what loves you? Mm. Wherever you produce fruit, stick with it. Give up the other love. Get over it. So you can't hit and catch, Michael. Go back and win three more championships. Some of you have to get over what you love and get into your purpose. When you get into your purpose, that's when all the convergence of the anointing comes on your life. If you get out of your purpose, you struggle. Now, what I've found is the church, we've become very good at operating in a realm of faith. But this is my challenge. If you know your identity, your faith can operate from it and it gets more mileage out of your faith than if you're flat in your identity just using your faith. Does that make sense? So what, what I want to ask you is this, and, and I, I, I want you to think about this for a minute. Think about your identity. Think about, uh, listen, you're, uh, if you would have told me I've, five years ago that I'd be a good book writer, I would have laughed and thought you had the person, you know, the pers- you, you have the person behind me in the prophetic line. It's not me. Are you with me? But I have found in the last five years, if there's anything I want to do, it's write books. And I've had people tell me, Dale, you write good books. Now listen, I'm not a good book writer because I tell you I am. I'm a good book writer when other people tell me I am. What does the Bible say? In the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything's established. This is a part I'm saying to you by example. When people start saying you're good at that, start putting it down. People start saying you're good at that, put it down. It's a witness. You may feel it, but until people start saying it about you, it's not established. You might be on the path to it, but when other people start telling you... Now, how many of you have ever prayed for somebody? And it gets so good you want to write it down so you can pray it again. Now, how many of you know that's not you praying? You're praying above your pay grade, but He's praying through you. Now, that happens to some people now and then, but there are some people whenever they pray, like they go into a realm. They're called intercessors. Now, you and I can hit it now and then, but they hit it a lot. Yeah, that's right. I might hit it now and then. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. But the guy that does this, Lou Engel, he hits it a lot. Are you with me? You know, did some of you think that's the anointing? Do you know somebody said, I knew him before he was a Christian, and he did that, and he cursed. <laughs> that's just Lou Engel. Yeah. They said, he, he played basketball. He's very competitive. I, I just have that by somebody else told me. And they said, that's just Lou Engle. That's the way he operates. Do you know, sometimes it's the way people operate. Now, some people do that. They never did that, but the anointing hits them, they do it. But I'm just telling you, Lou was intense before he even got saved. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. God gave him that personality that he wanted to shift something. He did it wrong at first, but until God got him, now he does it right. What I want to say to you, you are part of God's genius for a very special purpose. Now, how many of you have ever used a a knife for a screwdriver? Confess, men. Now, you can do that. How many of you ever used a screwdriver for a chisel? Okay, let me just say this to you. But when you use the right tool for the right job, it works. Do you know there are certain tools you have to have to take a car apart? They're only for this one Position to take out one thing and if you don't have it You're going to have bloody knuckles You'll feel like you're not saved by the time you get done and it still won't be out You should have went and got the right tool now. This is what i'm saying Some of you can touch people. I can never touch and I can touch people. You can't touch you have your assignment I have mine and if we'll get focused on what god has called us to we're going to find an expertise and we're going to have great fruit we're going to have great fruit. We're going to have great fruit. So what I want to say to you is this, that I'm going to talk about David just a little bit. This is what God said. Is this my water? Okay, I, I got a word of knowledge. It's not straight through. Okay. okay. How many of you are having a good time so far? Okay. Um, what's your name? Harold. Harold, I really feel... Uh, I don't know why I just see you at 32. You're not 32. You're 32. Well, that's just, okay, this, um, when I say that, I want you to understand I'm never trying to guess somebody's age. I'm just saying what the Lord brings to me. Either it's the, if it's the age they are, it's a now word. If it's something in the past or if it's something in the future, I'm never, when I say this, I'm never trying to get somebody's age unless God tells me. But I really felt, Harold, 32, you're like in a now season. I really felt that this is going to be a year of even another level of convergence. There's going to be two more in your future. But this is going to be a key year for you. And the Lord said, I'm setting your heart to uh, get ready to shift into the next level of authority. And I'm giving you a grace to bleed for more. I also felt like I saw something like being put on your right shoulder, which to me means another realm of authority. And and the Lord said, protect those I've given you charge over. And I just speak the oil of heaven just to to wash off words of the past Mm -hmm. and even some Mm self-doubt. Now, I want to just share this with you. About 10 years or so more ago, the Lord just spoke to me so clearly and said, Dale, you and I could go places if you would agree with me. (laughs) Do you know it isn't the devil that's stopping you from moving with God? Normally, it's you. Yeah,
0: so true.
1: Let me give you a scripture just so that you know. Mm -hmm. And this might be my sub point, the main point of all the little points I give you tonight. And let me just give this to you. I'll pull it back up real quick. And uh, obviously, I, if uh, these books normally are like 16, 13, 13. If you get all three of them tonight, 30 dollars for all three. And if they don't change your life, I 'll give you your money back. But you might have to find me first. okay <laughs> that's all I'm telling you, but I will. Uh, I've had, I had one guy who was uh, uh, he had a multi-million dollar coffee company he bought. Th- he bought over 30 for all of his executives to read. I had a, a pastor who took over a church and uh, felt like God had chosen the wrong man. And uh, he said, Dale, if you didn't write this book for anybody, you wrote it for me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This book changed my life. And, and I want to just challenge you with this. You have a lot of information, but whatever you changed your life, when you share it with other people, it changes them. Because whatever moved you, when you share it, moves other people. You might have, you, does that make sense to you? Yes. And, and as, I wrote, as I wrote this, it became a time where God even changed me. I challenge everybody to write a book. You'll know 50% more than we, I didn't know this when I started, 50% more. I can read it and learn from my, what the Lord told me from myself, but it wasn't me, the Lord, I get in the middle of the night and I have devotions sometimes with the Lord right in here. I'd wake up in the morning and some of it was real clear, some a little bit blurry. Some sentences I wrote 20 times, rewriting, trying to get the right words. And then I got to the point, I said, I have to let it breathe. I know it's not perfect. And I had to release it. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. So you'll find a couple mistakes and some things I didn't answer, open-ended things. But I'm just going to tell you, it, it, it will change your life because it changed my life. And in it... Uh, the level of confidence you have will cause people to open up their spirit to allow you to operate. When David said to King Saul, he said, who am I and who is my family? Remember that? About getting married? You know what happened on his wedding day? King Saul gave his daughter to another man. David, you can't get mad. You're the one that brought it up. And he just agreed with you. A lot of times your disappointments are where you've agreed where you felt inferior and somebody else just agreed. They thought better of you until you opened your mouth. You actually sold yourself out. God had given you a victory to build you up. But because your faith worked, but your identity didn't shift, you have to go back to the old season until your identity shifts. Does that make sense? If your identity does not shift through something of faith, then it's, you've short-circuited the purpose. The faith still stands. Does that make sense? But you have to go around the mountain again or step up when you get revelation. I want to make sure that you're tracking with me. So what did David say? Now, I'm going to talk about this just a little bit. 2 Samuel 5.12. It says, and David perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel, and that he exalted uh, his kingdom for his people in Israel's sake. But I'm going to go to the ones. David perceived the Lord had established him king over Israel. Why had David perceived it? He had been seven and a half years in Hebron over Judah. Are you with me? Now he's brought up to Jerusalem. He runs out the Jebusites that that, uh, Joshua couldn't. Are you with me? And all the judges couldn't. He runs them out. I'm going to tell you, before you take your place of authority, you'll have to overcome the mocking spirit. And normally the mocking spirit is a devil within your own city, your own brain. It mocks you out of your authority and your, it's the voices. It's the voices. Could have been your mother, your father, your teacher, a leader. It could be your own fear. What if I, I know I did it here, but what if I can't do it the next time? How many of you have ever been amazed by what you've done or the Lord's done through you? I remember one time it was, it was pretty incredible prophetic night. It was like God was giving me unusual words of knowledge and even things in people's purses, things people ate. It was just one of those times. And uh, one guy hit me on the shoulder and he said, man, I can't wait till we come back tonight, tomorrow night and do it again. And I said, Jesus, help me. I couldn't even do what I did. Now they expect it. <laughs> are, are you with me? I had one night. We had a, it was a good night. It wasn't as that one. I mean, that one made me go out. I was going to all, oh, Jesus, I don't know. I'm not so good. I'm not so sure. I'm so glad it went that well. Now they expect it. Do, do you understand? Yeah. I'm telling you, when you go to a higher level, it's a different game. It's a different game. And success is harder to handle than failure. Many people can get back up when they fall down. Not too many people can get low when they get lifted up. Mm. Keep low. Keep low. But step up. If you don't step up, David, Israel will never have the tabernacle of David. If you don't step up, David... The worship that you've been doing in your private life is not going to change the spirit King Saul put over Israel. If you don't step up, David, are you with me? Solomon isn't going to have a temple to build. We don't need apology. We need people to show up and do what God created them to do. And you may not do it perfectly. It's okay. He'll cover the rest. You keep humble, keep passion, and press. Everybody say press. Now, David had to press. But it says, why would David feel like that the crown's on his head, probably six months in, he is now in Israel, and and he's saying uh, he finally perceived the Lord had established him as king over Israel. I'm going to talk about it a little bit tomorrow. It's in my book, if you can't make it. And uh, uh, we do have a Jehovah Visa machine. That means you have faith. To pay tomorrow what you buy today. Okay, so you figure that out later. Okay, so, but seriously, in this, I want you to think about it. David led the armies of God, Israel, now he's being chased by them. David kills Goliath, the whole nation celebrates him, now there's wanted posters. David's promised the king's daughter. She's taken. He gets Michael. She's taken. Both of his wives were given to other men. How many of you know you start getting a complex. You're hiding with the people that you killed their champion. You're having to act like you're on their side. This is almost insanity. I'm going to tell you, and you know, God wanted David so dependent on him, Samuel who anointed him. Are you with me? To be the next king. The only one that really knew, except his brothers, and the older brother didn't even like him, Eliab. And the only one that knew he was supposed to be the next king, God had him die before he becomes king. Because Saul was calling his spirit up out of the ground, remember? Sometimes, and God wouldn't even let Jonathan be there to lean on. Lean on me. No, you're going to lean on God the Father. And God took everything out from David's support system so that he would be totally dependent. How many of you are thankful God has taken support people out of your life so you could really depend on him? Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, I'm trying to be thankful. Anyway. <laughs> Some of you pastors, you know what I mean? Uh, God, I was really planning going the distance with them. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's go. Okay, so... Um, as, as we're just ministering here, I don't know why I just feel like I'm going to say this. I'm not prophesying it to anybody, but I feel like there's someone uh, here that you just need to hear this. Just like God would not let Jonathan go into David's next uh, season, there are people that you love that God will not let go into your next season because you would depend on them and you get your, you get your heart turned from totally depending on the Father. And, and don't take it personal. And I, I have a whole sermon on Jonathan, but we'll we'll have to do that one another time. So, but there's a reason why certain people can't go the distance with you. And God He wants God wants, Father God wants to be your source. So what happens here? I'm gonna give you this scripture that that was spoken at the beginning. Uh, Do you remember that one where the prophet said, and I I have it here, it says in Jeremiah 1, 4 through 7, I'm going to give you the, the condensed version, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, before you were born, I set you apart, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak, I'm only a child, but the Lord said to me, do not say, I'm only a child. I want everyone to say, do not say. When God tells you who you are, he didn't ask you for your opinion. But the first thing he has to do is stop what you're saying. Then he has to stop what you're thinking. Then start you saying something to change what you're thinking. Now, God's hardest job when he calls anybody is not to change the way they see him, but to change the way they see themselves. But because he's a big God, he's an expert at this. Can you imagine Moses picks up burning bush, throws down his staff, picks it back up, looks at God and said, could you get somebody else? Now, you talk about stubborn. Burning bush, stick, snake, could you get somebody else? Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a reason why he was that stubborn. Because he was going to have to be that stubborn with Pharaoh. Pharaoh. He was saved from water. He was stubborn. And the truth is, he didn't want to go back to Egypt. Why? Well, the Egyptians hated him because he was an Israelite. They despised the shepherds. The Israelites hated him because he lived a little nice life in the palace while they were making mud bricks. He was a child of privilege. He was eating banana Cream cake while they were slopping around in the mud and straw. They didn't like him. They turned him in. They narked him to the Egyptians. Are you with me? Yes. The only one that wanted him there was God. How many of you know the way you feel about it? doesn't matter. If God wants you there, pack up your bags and go. It says something very interesting. When God, Moses said to God, he said, Can you get somebody else? And, and God said, uh, God burned with anger. Now, I'm going to ask you something. Have you ever had your parents burn with anger? This is Father God burning with anger, and this is Prophet Moses. Are you with me? Why is God angry? You know what I'd say? Aaron, you're the next one. Oh, hey, Miriam's pretty hot. We'll go with Miriam. I'll make somebody out of a. This is the truth. God was stuck with Moses, and Moses was stuck with God. There was no Plan B. I'm going to tell you, there are certain things if you don't do, they just are not going to be done. This Plan B stuff is really for the birds. God burned with anger. He said, "Well, I'm going to bring Aaron, but well, why? I, I have to go with Moses. How I many you know? Sometimes God has to go with you. There is nobody else that can do that." He might be mad, but he's going to lean on you. How many of you ever had the father lean on you? Oh, it's wonderful. You'll love it. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you why God loved Moses. He went when he didn't feel like it. And that's what a friend is. You know, when somebody does something for you they don't want to do because of who you are, that's a friend. It's not somebody who just likes you. It's somebody who will do what they don't want to do because you asked them. And friends with God have a certain way, there's a certain realm of obedience. Uh, I'm trying to remember your name. I, I met you, was it Thomas? Thomas. I really felt like that you're, you're in a friend stage with Father God. And I don't know what this means, but I felt like uh, that there's some things that maybe are not your favorite, but you have his favor to do it. And I just felt like God said, my son, like Moses, I'm going to give you a realm of authority to bring people out of bondage and really to break off uh, limited thinking. And I want to just pour in a burning bush into your heart. And and don't say, well, I can't do it because. Just say, Lord, you make the opportunity and uh, I'll flow with it. I'll flow with it. Just watch what he does for you. Uh, when I was uh, standing over here, you, you have the uh, blonde hair right here. Yeah. Stephanie, Stephanie, I felt like I saw the Lord. He, he was walking toward you, and then he walked past you, like on this side, and he came around on your right side. And Stephanie, when he did, I felt like he was surrounding you, and he was pulling you into your future. And, and I felt this was going to be a time of a mega shift uh, in your heart. And, and as God shifts your heart, it's going to cause you to look at things differently. And it's, it's like a, a place of a clarity of vision of not just who He is, but who you are to Him. And something is being shifted in, in the way you think about your life. And it's going to bring you into a door, a threshold that allows you to step into a, another room. One of the things that I want to say to you is how many of you realize that whenever you go through a door, it always opens up to other doors? Mm -hmm. See, that one door in the front of the church opens up to a room full of doors. If you miss one door, you can miss the nine behind it. Sometimes it seems like an insignificant door, but if you will walk through that door, there's nine other doors you can't see. But if you'll be obedient in one, others are before you. Now, I'm just, I'm having a good time preaching. Are you okay? You know, is this good? I'm not giving you, I could preach one sermon. I'm giving you about seven mixed together, okay? Because I can tell you the mature crowd, you can read and fill in and go from there. Uh, uh, What's your name? Tom. Tom. Tom, I felt like I saw a river start to flow toward your heart. And when it hit your heart, I felt like it was spinning backwards three years. And I felt like the Lord said, the water that's been washing over your heart the last three years is bringing you to another level of life. And it's causing you to rise up into another realm of anointing. I feel like there's been a three-year process the father's had, and he's pressing, and like on the olives, there's an oil and anointing that's coming out. And so, Lord, we just release that right now. And I felt some things that have been even torn in the family are beginning to heal because he's a healing father. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Now, I don't know why, but I feel like this a little bit back, uh, but I just saw the number 35, and I think you're just a little bit older than that a year or two two. okay I appreciate that but I don't know why but I felt uh if you go back and just look around 35 I don't know if there was there was that was some of the tearing or what or God protecting your life normally it just if if you don't have to go into detail but was there something at 35 that you remember women are better than this than men around 35 either really good or bad uh you know, you know. I just felt like maybe there was something there that tore something. Just. Well, I But it took me a Uh huh, uh-huh. okay. Okay, okay. That changed, but think about go back and think about thirty-five. If I don't know if you're going to be here at the end of meetings, but just you know, sometimes it'll it, when it comes to you, you'll know. But it was in the age thirty-five. Just think about it. Talk to people you know. That's what helps me. So now, one of the things that uh, 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 and also I just I'm going to end this one last thing. I felt like the father was putting fire around your eyes. And, and it felt like it was burning things out of your vision and burning things into your vision. And it was almost like a, a, a spiritual LASIK to allow you to... Is that what they call LASIK, LASIK surgery? Yeah. To allow you to be able to see things clearly because the fire of God in your eyes. I think it's very interesting there was fire in his eyes. And I know Jesus sees clear. So, Lord, I release that clarity of vision and, and decisions in Jesus' name. And I, I really felt this that there's a jubilee coming for you. I just kept seeing that 50 jubilee. Jubilee coming for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, um, let, let me just come back to a couple things here with David. Now, if, if you could think about this, and we're going to, um, I'm looking up to where we're at here. I want to just read something here that I think would help you. God said he took David from the fields where he followed sheep to become the ruler of Israel. That was not Eliab. That was actually God said that. Eliab said it too. Who do you leave those few sheep from with? But but God said to David, he said, I took you from the fields where you followed sheep. In other words, what he was saying was, you weren't even a natural born leader. Mm -hmm. The sheep were ahead of you. I took you from there. How many know God can take you where you're following sheep to make you a leader of a nation? Some of you, and especially if you're younger, don't decide where you're going. You haven't lived enough to figure it out. I had this one guy, 22 years old, come up in front of me and he said, I feel like all life is passing me by. Would you help me, Prophet Dale? I just feel like I'm missing it. (laughs) I tried not to laugh. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you what. That drive... Is going to cause him to hit it. But I spoke peace to his spirit. You're 22. I know Jesus is coming. But things are going good. You're in a good place. Because you're passionate. But don't ever try to decide what you are. This is what you need to do. Know how to live in every season. To fully give yourself to it. Knowing how to shift into the next season. I want to challenge you with this and warn you. If you ever allow an assignment to become your identity, you'll never make your destiny. What do you mean? Well, if you kill Goliath, David, and you just want to be a warrior, what about the worship? Well, David, if you just want to be a worshiper and never pick up a sling... How many know you got to, it helps, if you're going to be the king those days, you led battle. You need to kill somebody if you're going to be a king. You you need to show the fact you're a warrior. Are you with me? We don't want wimps leading the nation. I mean, it wasn't enough. You know, in other words, today we vote people in on their ability to politic. Back then, you had to politic and fight. Maybe you wouldn't have so many people running for president. (laughs) You know, anyway, I mean, you know what I'm saying? They went out there, you know. David didn't quit till he got older. He wanted to go out and say, David, you're getting too old. (laughs) Just stay back there and pray for us. We'll go do this, you know. But it was still in his heart. He wanted to go out and fight. Don't ever lose your desire to fight the good fight of faith and make a difference. Yep.
0: That word fight. um, The drummer lady, what was your name? Um, I just felt like there's such a warrior anointing that God has given you, and I felt like he was putting the warrior army boots on you, and you're going to be drumming in the spirit, and I felt like you reached down with your right hand, and you did this, and you slung it at the enemy, but there's a David anointing God has given you, and I feel like you're going to know when you hit that realm in the spirit that you're going to knock out the enemy, but you are small in stature, but you are mighty in value. And I felt like God said, it's also a crowning season for you that he was releasing a crown and a crown stands for authority. So father, we just release that over her right now. And I thank you father for a fighter that's in her in the name of Jesus. And I felt like when you sling that stone, it's going to bring freedom throughout the region. There's an anointing in the second heavens you're going to take down the enemy. And um, well, I forgot this word tonight when I was worshiping. I felt like there's somebody here in business, and you were doing your checkbook, and you were saying, God, you're going to have to come through because I need some finances. And I felt like God said, tonight, he's going to give you an idea for this business. It's going to be totally something different. And I felt like the finances were going to flow. So, Father, whoever that is, I just release it to them in the name of Jesus. Lord, give them a dream, but speak to them. Show them, Lord, that, Father, you have another way. I just feel like God says, I have another way, and stop thinking about it. Amen?
1: Amen. That's good. You know, I was walking into a meeting years ago, and, and I, I had never been in this congregation as a prophet. You know, you, you know people sort of, they tick you out, they're testing you. And I said, Lord, I just wonder if I'm going to be received tonight. And I heard Father God say something so clear to me. He said, Dale, you're a father. You're not going to be received. You're going to go in to receive others. And what I'm saying to you that are fathers, it's not your season to be received. It's your season to receive others. It's your season to take people in And build confidence. It takes a father to reveal a son. That's why God the Father grabbed the mic when Jesus was baptized and said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus lived out of the pleasure of his father. He wasn't living to try to get it. That's a man-pleasing spirit. Now listen, Jesus desired to please the father with what he did... But he already knew he was pl- the father was pleased with who he was. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, I, I like to do it this way. Do, do I have a, anybody a father and a daughter here? Is there a father and a daughter here combination? Where's Rebecca? Come on up here a minute. I'm going to just show you something. Now, as we end up tonight, because it's almost 9 o'clock, and I, I've been a pastor for over 30 well, actually, it's 34 years coming up, so I know how to do these things. I want you to stand up here with, uh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something. You just stand here and face the people, and I'm just going to prompt you and just, uh, and I, I want you to look at him and say, Okay. okay. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> say, Mr. Okay. Mr.
0: Hilton.
1: Mr. Hilton. How about Pastor Hilton? I may think there's something a little wrong with this picture. Do you want to hear Mr. Hilton or Pastor Hilton? Aren't you, isn't that who you are?
0: Operating that, yeah. But well, Then
1: why don't you want to hear it from her? Because she's my daughter. Do you know some of us sound like we're talking to Mr. God? Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father, ever say, Our Father. Our Father. Who art in heaven, art in heaven. Hallowed, be hallowed be thy name. I preached on this. My daughter came up to me and said, Dad, do you think the hallowed name of God is our Father? Now, let me just show you something here. Dad. you the
0: story. You're the strongest. You're the wisest. You're the there's wisest. No, there's, one there's no one I'm like so you. I
1: am so blessed to be your daughter. I so be you your daughter. Oh, can I have $1,000, <laughs> <laughs> $1, please? Yeah. Now, cash. 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 Now, listen. Can you imagine if we start praising God as our Father? He's digging in His pockets. But if we come up and say to Him, say this.
0: God. God I mean, Father, Father.
1: I have faith. I have faith. In my faith. In my faith. You're going to give me a thousand. That you're going to give me a thousand. I believe. How many know the first was better than this? You might get a thousand by faith, but I'm telling you, you'll get a thousand and more by calling him father. Why? The relationship is what he's after. She's after a thousand. He's after a daughter. He is Jehovah's sneaky. He will give you what you want. And you'll say this. God you've been so good to me, whatever you want. He said, finally, I got him go. because He gave you all, you start really selling out. Uh, thank you. let's give these underpaid <laughs> actors a hand. they did well okay um, what's what's your name? Reuben and Rachel Reuben, I just felt like I saw a, a bar of gold in front of your heart, and I felt like this it was like. You know, I think it's, it's 24 karat, But I really felt this was going to be a time that God is putting a glory, uh, a bar, like a standard in your heart, of purity. And gold speaks of the glory. And I just feel like this is going to be an unusual time of his glory, the weight of his glory. And I feel like also he's going to show you even the weight of his glory in financial matters. That you'll see it in a financial way. Now, we're we're at nine and, and we need to wrap up with children. But I want everyone to put your hand over your heart. And I want you to say this. Because He loves me the best. I expect the best. I'll ask for the best. I'll receive the best. I was made to live in my Father's best. He loves me. I'm an anointed son. I have favor with him. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Pastor Steve will never help me get a car, but he'll help Joel. He'll never help me get a house. We're great friends. I've known him almost 30 years. But I'm telling you, I'm on my own. Because I'm not his son. If you'll start treating God like your father, you'll be amazed how your faith operates in another dimension. He loves you the best. Don't you ever let the devil tell you anything else. And this is the part. You were made to live in the best You will not get what you want. You will get what you believe. Some of you want a different life. You want a better life. But if you don't believe better, it's not coming. If you don't think better. Everyone say one more time. I cannot say that anymore. I cannot cannot think that anymore. anymore. Now, this is the part I want to end tonight. Because it is nine. Is... Start asking the Holy Spirit what you say that he absolutely does not agree with. And let me say this. What was true in the last season for David was not true in the next season. God has restrictions on season, but when you step into a different season, the needed restrictions of the past are now lifted. And now you have more privilege because a new season is coming. And I I want to tell you this in ending. When I was first a pastor, I sold my house, gave money for the church to buy land. Don't go into the whole story. We got ready to build. I was getting ready to do something to really give. And the Lord said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing what I did last time. He said, you're in a different season. I needed you to do it then. This time, you let the church carry it. And if you try to do it like you did the first time, you're just trying to get attention. Because I didn't tell you to do it. Obedience is better than. And I said, thank you, Father God. And the church made it well. And we went forward. Don't think what you did last time. You have to do again. That's a religious spirit. You do what he tells you. And watch him bless you. Everybody say, I'm ready for the best. For the best. Now, this is a part. I'm going to tell you again. I'm gonna tell you what he told me. If you see yourself the way your Father God sees you, you're gonna go places. Guaranteed. I say, release in Jesus' name. New anointing in Jesus' name. name. New fresh doors opening up. I say new acceptance, new honor. Just stand to your feet. There's some of you that's receiving it now. People are going to honor you. People are going to give testimony. Say, you know what? If you want this done, call them. There's a new honor coming on everything you do because God is shifting you into your next season. And if you'll step into it, all things new. And when my wife and I got married on 6, June 6, 7, 08, six is the number of what? Seven is the number of eight is what? Okay, when all you are steps into all he is, you get an eight. So I want you to do this. We're ending. Say this. Get ready. Step forward. Everything I am am. is stepping into everything he is, and I I get an eight, a new gate. All things new. Let's give him a hand clap.